our Michael Stone Stan account. Is that what this podcast is? Stan? Am I using that correctly? What's Stan? When you stan something. Um, what is that? It's <laughs> based on that? the Eminem song. You're obsessive about them. Yeah, you're super obsessed. But people are using it mostly just for like, I really like them now, right? Ish, but to an extreme. It is always to an extreme. I've not, not heard this. You're not young. I'm I, like, I'm not, you know? yeah, I'm I read not, it. I'm not down with the youth. Yeah, someone's saying like, oh, I stand him so hard. Yeah, yeah, like that. There has come a point in my life where I'm like, why is there so much slang now? There's slang everywhere. However, that's probably always been like that, but now I'm outside of it. And yes, I see it. that is absolutely it. Because I'm old. Because you're old. Because we're all old. Yeah, Except for Clint, apparently, who knows all the, <clears throat> the things the kids are saying. Somewhat. But there's still, like, something will pop. I actually have had to look things up. I've had to look up acronyms. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what that means. Or, like, uh, the girl, um, uh, last year I had a bunch of students who were, like, Visco girls. Have you ever heard of that? Visco? Visco girls. And this, I think, is even now outdated. But it's, like, a type of girl who wears scrunchies uses the the uh, metal hydro flask reusable bottles and metal straws and when they're laughing online they always write it as sk 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 that kind of thing yes or whatever like i don't don't know there's something about it but anyway i don't want to hang out with those girls yeah kids were talking about being a visco girl and i was like what the fuck is a visco girl and i had to look it up and it's embarrassing Oh, hey. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Yes, absolutely. We're the uh, Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Rachel. I'm Clinton. I'm Joe. This is the podcast where we give you two tales of mayhem and murder and discuss where a killer lies on Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. Thank you. You're welcome. beautiful Dr. Michael Stone and his scale of evil. Yes. Should I keep that conversation in or should I just cut it? About Visco Girl stuff? Yeah. It's too late now. I've just referenced it. Well, no, I can cut that out, too. Please do. Editing is a magical, magical trick. Why don't you take it, move it, till about here? <laughs> Why don't you be more high-maintenance? Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> so this episode is coming out the day after Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, That's yeah, we should say voice. it's the podcast that does all this stuff, but not today. Because <laughs> we are not doing that today. Well, we're joining you for the brunch afterwards. So you had a great time um, getting your fill of candy and COVID-touching. And Gross. here we are. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that this will be November 1st. Yes. yes. On yeah. All Saints Day instead of on All Hallows Eve. I had a co-worker who would insist on the first of the month to say rabbit, rabbit to me. Apparently this is a, an old thing. You get luck if, if rabbit, rabbit is the first thing you say at the beginning of a month. And I'm like, that's weird. But now it's one of those weird traditions that I have picked up. I know, but if it's your coworker who says it to you, are you the first person they talk to that day? No, but it just became a thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the no, first of the month. Rabbit, rabbit. Nope. She stayed quiet all morning. She didn't talk to her husband. She didn't talk to anyone. She's like, I'm waiting to talk to Clinton. She doesn't have a husband. She's just like, she's looking at her cat thinking, I can't talk to you this morning. <laughs> Two more hours until I see Clinton. <laughs> rabbit, rabbit. And we still like Facebook message each other. Rabbit, rabbit. Oh, adorable. Gross. <laughs> Uh, Halloween. What were you for Halloween? My family did a Justice League version. or So I was Wonder Woman and my husband was Batman. Nice. But my, my costume... So I don't know how people make female costumes. But in their mind, 
my ass was supposed to be huge, but my <laughs> boobs were supposed to be non-existent. I feel like it was the other way. It should be the other way around. But no, like it was literally the biggest pair of like briefs, right? <laughs> Blue, you know, starred briefs. And, and then I put on this like little tank top corset thing with like underwires and everything like that. And I, I mean, like there was no, no picking these girls up and spilling them into the cup or anything like that wasn't going to happen. So apparently I, I don't know what kind of woman they're measuring but it ain't me especially for superheroes i would think they would be i don't know big boobs and big butt i don't know i don't know many superheroes but myself even that it's like a normal person <laughs> like maybe like look at a normal person sure clearly you 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 shopped for the pear shape i guess would be <laughs> small up top and big at the bottom i don't know i'll take the pear shaped superhero please <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that but it's like I, like my boobs were not having it so on the flip side i was princess peach we did a mario theme this year i was princess peach but my princess peach costume consisted of a t-shirt that says this is my princess peach costume and i have a tiara and gloves and so you know i i went all out you know, as far as I do, but uh, I was about to say, unless there are curls and swoops in the hair, that is not peach appropriate. Well, I'll see what I can do, but yeah. So that's what that's what we ended up doing. It was very low key kind of Halloween. Yeah, Halloween was not. It was pretty lackluster. What are you gonna or what were you, Clinton? Uh, the Pumpkin King, because I spent three hours making that paper craft pumpkin, oh, and yeah. I wore it. That's cool. It was actually very impressive. I like it. I did like it a put, lot. Did you put the hat on it? I did put the hat on okay, it. Okay, good. Because it has a witch's okay. hat. Oh, witch's hat. But he doesn't wear a witch's hat in the movie, does he? Well, this is it's not a Jack Skellington. It's just You're a, just literally a pumpkin king. Yes. Got it. They call me the pumpkin king at work. I bet they do. I, but I then call again, you pumpkin king normally. It's, it's yeah. mainly because Clinton's pear-shaped and that ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being pumpkin-shaped, isn't it? <laughs> He's got all the ridges down there. It's very weird. His hair makes a very like is... like good... Oh, well, this was a bad joke, so I'm just going to move on. But, oh, and of course, we'll put up uh, pictures on our Instagram and other social media. Yeah. So you can see all of the, the pear-shaped, pumpkin-shaped goodness that happened. Absolutely. So let's get into the episode. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about what we're having for our special Halloween spooky brunch. Ooh. I think it's important for us to start with the cocktail. Thank you, Joe, for bringing that. We're having caramel apples today, a delicious mix of apple cider and caramel vodka. Mm-hmm. Equal parts. I make them strong. Yeah, you do. Yep. And I brought s'mores cookies, which were delicious. Perfect fall sweet. Speaking of sweet, we also had red velvet cheesecake. Yes, that was not planned, but I saw it and I, I had to... I had to eat it myself, so under that guise, I brought it over. Mm-hmm. Cheesecake is a welcome addition to any brunch. And then she went ahead and ate it herself, so. <laughs> and I regret nothing. It complemented our pancakes, mm-hmm. eggs, uh, some raspberries, maple syrup. Yeah, we had a very sweet brunch today, This was, which is fitting for Halloween. I'm okay with it. It's true. Yeah, it's No fine. bacon. No bacon. Next time. So should we jump into our stories? Yes. Okay, so for our special Halloween episode, we're doing things a little differently, as we mentioned at the beginning. And Clinton is actually going to tell us our first story. Yay! Gather the kids around the fireplace. Uncle Clinton's got a story for you. Get your blankies and scary story. So yeah, this will be our first unusual tale. This one, I will change some of the names to protect the innocent. 
But I'm going to bring to us a story about an army family that traveled around and discovered a, let's say, resident in their home. So this family, they're an army family, so they often have to pack up and move around. This story begins when they moved to Tennessee into a new house. They had a son, we'll call him Brian. He was young, about five years old, and he had his own bedroom. He, though, after moving into the house, had trouble sleeping. He would wake up in the middle of the night and complain about the scratching noises. Sometimes on the wall, sometimes at the window. I'm already creeped out so <laughs> I bad. Know, I'm like, so bad. Like shivers. <laughs> and this went on for a little while, and then it died away, and he started to sleep better. But then he would come to breakfast the following morning with scratch marks on his arms. Mm. So at first, because they had also gotten a new dog at the time, new house, new dog, they're like, oh, maybe we have fleas, something like that, and he's just scratching at that. So, so yeah, so we've got someone sleeping, scratching on the walls. Waking up, scratching, scratch marks on the arm. How can I talk about murder without any problems? But like this is just like, make me creep out. So this continued for a little while and then scratch marks faded away. But then little Brian started complaining again that he was being kept up at night. And when the mother asked him, he said, well, it's the human. The human is keeping me awake at night. And so question further, it's like, well, well, who is this human? Like, who are you seeing? He's like, it's the human. The human keeps scratching on the walls. And when asked what the human looked like, the human is very tall with long black hair, long fingernails, and extra long fingers. This straight from the mouth of a five-year-old Mm-mm. describing what he sees in his bed at Mm-mm. night. Mm-mm. Did he ever say if it was like a female or or male or female no i should i should ask i think it was just always the human disclaimer so like this is a personal story of yours clinton yeah makes this extra creepy this is not just a creepy ghost story this is a real incident happened to real family members so and brian yes he remembers the story he remembers these events um i mean he did i have not like Followed up or, you know, because if it is forgotten, then probably for the better. Yeah, right. Um, He didn't sit down and interrogate him for this episode, for the the murder run. Where is your investigative journalism? I will will grill him on this later. So what was the outcome? Did they just... Things escalated. So it started with the scratching on the walls and then the scratching on the arms. And then one night, the mother was woken up as Brian fell out of bed and he broke his arm. So she went and asked him and he said, it was the human, mom. The human dragged me out of bed um, and broke Ooh, his arm. dragged him. Oh my yes. gosh, that's so creepy. Yeah, that human was taking Brian somewhere else. Yeah. And you never so, go to a second location. Under the bed. <laughs> We've all seen Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that. Yikes. So yeah, so that's uh, not a particularly long tale of creepiness, but... So that was the last incident? That was the last incident. <laughs> the human was like, ooh, went too far, went too far. <laughs> Didn't mean to break your arm, kid. But they weren't, uh, they were only in that house for a little while before they then moved back down. Ooh, fascinating. To a oh, okay, so... Ooh. We should look up the address and see if like any murders have happened there. Yeah, oh my god. Or like, if you live in that house now... Email us and tell us all about it. Yeah. But I mean, if just you know imagine, like, it's not even, like, it, imagine your kid wakes you up in the middle of the night and saying, the human mommy, the human is scratching on my walls. I know. I'd be so much more comfortable if they said, like, the monster. Right. Yeah. And it is one of those things where it's like, 
not a it's not a girl it's not a boy or anything like that so it's like something that you can't identify except mm-hmm. that it kind of has a human form I'm ready to pee my pants right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. It's That is a very creepy story. No murder, no mayhem. A, a, a little bit of mayhem. The human. <laughs> the human. The human. <laughs> now, where the human would fall on Dr. Michael Stone's uh, scale of evil, uh, pretty, pretty effing evil. <laughs> Level oh. 23, yeah. <laughs> paranormal evil. Paranormal evil. Yeah, we're giving uh, Dr. Stone's scale a little bit of a rest this week, as we don't have any true murderers to discuss. But I have something that's very close, all right? My story does involve a murder, but who did it? We uh, may be up in the air. So let's get it started. All right, so on Halloween night in 1980, that was a segue. I no, I just I, the thing is, is you sort of talking. Clinton's like takes his little notebook and he opens it up because even though we're having just story time, he's got to take his notes. He's got to take his notes. I have to know where this is going. Of course. Okay, so Halloween night, 1981, 76 year old sister Tadea Benz is murdered in her, I'm guessing, like convent in Amarillo, Texas. She was not the first. 10 elderly women had died the same way in recent months. But we're focusing on her murder at the moment. All right, so you said she was 76? 76. Okay. Sister Tadea was raped, beaten, and strangled. And there were puncture holes down the side of her body, possibly done post-death. Yeah, so this whoever was responsible for this was pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> a steak knife was found under her bed. But that was the only weapon, and they're not positive if that was what was involved. Like they, they think it was obviously what was responsible for the for the puncture holes. But she was strangled to death. Her her cause of death was eventually decided to be strangled. And all ten of these also had puncture wounds, or is she the? You know, I don't. Out? I don't think the puncture wounds were mentioned on any of. The, I mean, they might have been there, and I just didn't see that. But they were all strangled. They okay. were all raped, beaten, and strangled. So, in. The course of the investigation, the police decide to arrest Johnny Frank Garrett. Now, Johnny was only 17 when he was arrested. He was born December 24th, 1963. And by all accounts, he was coerced into making a confession that he never signed. He never signed it through the entire tenure of this event. He had been diagnosed as mentally handicapped since he was a child and had been severely abused. He had been raped by a stepfather who also um, pimped him out to friends of his as well. So Johnny had a very, very tough childhood. The way they convicted him was there were two fingerprints found in Sister Tadea's room. And one of them did match Johnny, but Johnny maintained that these were from an attempted robbery a week before. He wasn't, he wasn't an angel, but he, he had gone into the, into the convent to steal a stereo because he's 17 and an idiot. And he said that he was he was holding onto a headboard when he was reaching up to get a crucifix that he was going to fence, I'm assuming. But that's where that one fingerprint came from. You got to be like a special person who's like, I'm going to steal from nuns. Yeah. And the knife, the snake knife they found, did match the same brand at his mom's house. So there's that as well. But I mean, what does that mean? If yeah. it was like the Sears brand of steak knives or, or whatever. So the, the evidence was not very strong. There had been fluid found at the, at the yeah, Clinton's face says it all. Fluid. At, mm-hmm, at the murder, but was never tested against Johnny. It was never tested for his DNA. Okay. Uh, in fact, in it was, 1981, would 
they... I mean, we wouldn't have DNA tests, right? Sure, that is true. But he was in jail for a while, so right. they never tested it. In fact, it was considered destroyed at one point. But none of the other t- samples that they found at the other women's murders were tested against him either. And that would have been a very clear case of if he was that murderer. Right. He was convicted and put on death row, eventually being killed by lethal injection in February of 1992. And so he was 28. Right. Uh, His last words were, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me and the rest of the world can kiss my ass. He maintained his innocence through the entire process. And these last words, some believe it was a curse. Apparently, there were several strange deaths after Johnny died. A lot of people involved in his case died prematurely. So here's, I'm going to run them down right now. Are you ready? Juror Novella Sumner fell down a flight of stairs and died a few days later of complications. Juror Nathan Shackelford's daughter died from an accidental gunshot wound to the head. His sister was run over and killed by a drunk driver. Garrett's trial lawyer, Bill Coleus, died of pancreatic cancer. Garrett's first appellate, 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 lawyer, Bruce Sadler and post-conviction trial judge Sam Kaiser contracted the same form of leukemia. Kaiser died after initially being cured but his healthy bone marrow, which was collected in case of recurrence, inexplicably disappeared from the hospital, which is kind of weird. Sheriff Jimmy Don Boydston contracted leukemia and died. Officer Walt Yerger also died of leukemia. NBC reporter Kathy Jones died in an airplane crash in Oklahoma while covering the story. Medical examiner Ralph Erdeman was convicted of numerous felonies for falsifying autopsy reports. Ooh. His medical license was revoked and he was sent to prison and his wife died of pancreatic cancer. Watley, a jailhouse snitch who testified against Johnny for a reduced sentence, committed suicide. Carol Moore, Garrett's school teacher who testified against him at trial, also committed suicide. District Attorney Danny Hill also committed suicide. His daughter hung herself a few years later. One of Garrett's many appellate attorneys, Jeff Blackburn, lost his wife when she committed suicide. His son was accidentally locked inside a hot car in Houston and is permanently brain damaged. So that's a lot of tragedy surrounding the people who were involved in Johnny's case. But obviously you can chalk a lot of it up to coincidence as well. Well, but it is I was about weird. to say, is, like in, is this like in a period of 30 years all this happened? Or? That's, a, that's a good question. I actually, I don't know the time frame. It felt like when I was reading the stories about it, it was very close to what's go, what happened to Johnny. It was pretty close to um, his conviction and murder no well okay so that's another thing so he was on death row and he was he was killed in 2004 a dude by the name of leoncio perez ruda was actually arrested for the murders and rapes of the older women in that area and most believe he is actually the killer of sister Tadea because they did find his dna on one of the women involved and they think he was actually the serial killer of all those women so johnny felt very much like because of his mental deficiencies and things like that he was just kind of ramrodded through the system to have someone to blame the murders on i like a good curse right it's i mean again a lot of these obviously are it's probably coincidence it just feels really weird that so many are happening around him and obviously i didn't go really into the murder too much because of the nature of today's episode but it's worth looking at maybe in a different episode maybe i mean i I certainly, it's it's pretty easy to place uh, multiple rape murders on the scale of evil. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so my story is not about murder. Well, there may have been a murder. <laughs> but let's let's go into it. I'm going to do Robert the Doll. Ooh. Um, I've seen him. Yes, I have too. Well, aren't you guys fancy that you go on vacation with me? <laughs> it's in the Keys. You've been to the Keys. We've been to the Keys together. Apparently not on that trip when you got to see Robert the <laughs> All Doll. All right. <laughs> Although, so I take that back. I haven't seen Robert the Doll. We went to go see Robert the Doll. The exhibit was closed at the time. Oh. But we didn't actually see him. Oh, you're right. So, so yeah. So the only thing I know about him is from pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> when I say we saw him, I mean like we knew he was around. <laughs> so he lies. never calls. He lies. Never writes. Yeah. Okay. You didn't get his autograph? I did not. So for those of us who don't know who Robert the Doll is, in the early 1900s, the Otto family lived in an upscale part of Key West, Florida. They had one son named Robert Eugene Otto or Eugene Robert Otto. There seems to be some contradictory reports there. But everyone called him Gene. The family was well off enough to have a housekeeper slash nanny. And uh, she was from the islands, maybe Jamaica, maybe Haiti, (laughs) which is important because her origins are unclear and her name is unknown. But from all accounts, she was very important and close to Jean, and it was she who made the doll. Maybe. I can't wait to hear your sources on this one. I read another, like, after I wrote this, I read another article where it stated that that Jean's grandfather bought the doll in Germany, and it was actually made by this German company whose name that I'm not going to remember or probably be able to pronounce, and that he brought the doll from Germany and gave it to Jean. Okay? We just have to go to the Keys and see what the museum says. Yeah, but, you know, Robert the Doll is one of those things that you... You hear, I mean, like, there's so many podcasts about it. There's so many articles about it. There's a history about it and stuff like that. And I've heard more often than it was the nanny who made the doll for him. That's the story I know. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm just giving you all the things that I've read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. There was some talk because of her being black and the, and that the nanny had actually put a voodoo curse on the doll to punish the family for mistreatment. But you know how people love to talk about that voodoo. I know when people mistreat me. So well. When people mistreat me, I, I definitely go around making their children dolls. I mean, you want to get back at somebody. I mean, if I do voodoo. That's the way. That'd be the way to go. All right. So Gene named the doll after himself. <laughs> Narcissist much? Is this Clinton as a child? <laughs> <laughs> And he called it Robert. It became his favorite toy. I mean, I know we covered the name, but you're like, and Gene named the doll after himself, Robert. (laughs) Uh, There's some contradictory information. (laughs) Um, uh, So he carried it around all the time. He slept with it and it had a seat next to him at the dining table. The weird happenings started when Gene's parents began hearing little Gene in deep conversations with Robert. His parents even claimed to hear two distinct voices. So when Gene's mother would walk in and apparently she like would wait like until she could hear it and then just bust into the room. 
But when she would do that, all she would find is Jean curled up in a corner of the room and Robert the doll sitting staring at him. Right? Creepy. Again, faces. faces. I wish you could see the faces, (laughs) listener. One night, his parents were awakened by Jean's cries for help. His mother ran to his room and found that all his furniture had been overturned and his toys were broken and thrown about. Jean, seemingly terrified, was huddled on his bed along with Robert the doll who sat staring at him from the foot Mm. of the bed. I like this story. When asked, all Jean could say was, Robert did it. It's better than the human did it, I guess. (laughs) Robert does not have long hair (laughs) or long fingernails. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a little boy doll dressed up in a sailor's outfit. Yeah, the pictures and, of him are actually very creepy. And um, I read, I saw that a <laughs> the little sailor's outfit that he wears is most likely an outfit that Gene had oh, yeah. when he was a little boy. And also, they would often dress Robert and Gene in the same outfit. How can you tell them apart? <laughs> <laughs> They have two distinct voices. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Robert did it. This seemed to become a well-used excuse. Things began to go missing or found broken. Each time, Jean would blame Robert. The haunting intensified with the family hearing footsteps in the halls at night and Robert mysteriously showing up in places far from where he was originally placed. What if Jean was just a little brat? And he's breaking stuff. I mean, then give him an Oscar, I suppose. I guess. Uh. The parents also reported hearing giggling in the house, seeing glimpses no of... No laughing. <laughs> We're all having a little too much fun in here. <laughs> they also uh, said they saw glimpses of Robert running up the stairs. Ooh. Or <laughs> seeing him staring out the windows at them while they were outside. Which I should point out now that uh, if you have not Googled and looked up what Robert the doll looks like, you should do so because it is a... Let him stare into your soul. Yeah. Mm. And it's not a, it's not a small doll. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's, like a, it's like the size of a three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, big dude. Jean's yeah. <laughs> aunt became so concerned with the state of things that she insisted that Robert was placed in a box and locked in the attic. Oh my god, for some reason I thought we were talking about the kid for a second. I'm like, what? And then I remember that the kid is Gene. Gene, Robert, Robert Gene. Got it. Okay. The Otto family complied. However, soon after, the aunt died in her room. She was elderly, so the death was deemed to be from natural causes. But just to be safe, his parents retrieved Robert and gave it back to Gene. Burn the doll. (laughs) Did Gene say Robert did it on that account? I did not read that. Mm. But the thing about it is, it's like, we don't know if Robert killed her or not, but let's be safe and give it back to our child. (laughs) That's just pretty much how the family lived with creepy ass Robert all over the place. What, is like Gene becomes a teenager and shit? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Gene grew up, trained as a painter, and eventually left home. He traveled the world, (laughs) married a musician named Anne, and had a pretty good life. Until his parents died. At which point, Gene and his wife moved back to the family home. And guess who was waiting for them when they got there? Why wouldn't they get rid of the doll? Maybe they did. It just kept coming back. And Gene reportedly starts up his weird-ass relationship with the doll again. No, 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 no. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, seriously, his wife wasn't like, uh, I did not marry into this. Well. Uh-oh. The doll is always with him. What? He's a grown man. His wife can hear him talking to it. It shows up in weird places, and eventually the wife, Anne, has to put her foot down and ban Robert from their bedroom. Oh, gross. Because, you know, that's weird. (laughs) Gene even decided that the doll needed his own room and gave him one upstairs with a view of the street. So he can people watch. I... I'm so confused. Now, I've never owned an evil cursed doll sure, before, sure. so I can't judge someone who has. Mm. But ugh. <laughs> no king shame here. No with, king shame with, here. with your doll. Let, let me. Okay, so I don't know if the, I put this in uh, later in the story, but the kids in the neighborhood even knew about. Oh sure, Robert. And I mean, like these aren't kids that grew up with Gene or anything like that. It's just that kids on their way to school would look up and see. Robert in the window and even those kids said that you know it's not just a doll looking at them it, they said that it would mock them as they walked to the, <laughs> the, the bus and stuff like so that. So Robert's really just an asshole. <laughs> well definitely. <laughs> Motherfucker standing in another room giggling for no reason. <laughs> Running up the stairs. Don't run upstairs you'll fall down. <laughs> in 1974 Gene died. Did they have any kids? No. Okay. No. Probably, no, probably they kept good not Robert to. in yeah. the bedroom. I mean, they were too. I mean, it was very much they were two eccentric um, artists. Oh, gotcha. She was a musician. He was a painter. And the house actually is now, or at one time, was referred to the painter's house. Mm. So he. I mean, like they were really well known, but no, they'd never had any children. In 1974, Jean died, and Robert was there by his side. And after that, the house sat empty for a while. Anne was not. <laughs> no, Anne was like, you know, Peace I'm out. out. I'm yeah. Out. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Fuck you, Robert. This has been fun, but <laughs> yeah. I'm getting new roommates. Yep. I'm too old for this shit. Uh, <laughs> eventually, it was bought by another family, and while renovating, they found Robert. Of course they did. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was just like lay- laying out somewhere, like. I see in my mind. I imagine him being walled up, oh, no. like in a brick, right. brick like, wall. Absolutely, that, and yeah. yeah. Like, well, let's tear, tear down this wall. It would make a beautiful, you know, breezeway. Yeah, an open concept. And then they find him like hidden in the wall. But I don't know about that. For the love of God, Montresor. <laughs> <laughs> so they found Robert, who they promptly packed in a box and stored in the attic. Yeah, because he's not their doll. Why do they keep? Why do people keep storing it? Just get rid of it. That's true. Just Burn get rid it. of it. I mean, like, well, that is the thing, right? You move into a century old, because what? So the house was built in the ninth, like the turn of the century, right? You move into a hundred year old house, and you're like, oh, there's a doll, you know, in the wall or something like that. There's nothing wrong here. Let's not get rid of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the attic is a perfect place for a creepy thing. Because I'm sure we're going to want to trot it out at Christmas or something (laughs) like that. So, obviously. The haunting continued. Oh my god! I do like to think though that maybe that's uh, that's that's part of Robert's influence though is that those who you interact with to. it don't want to get rid of it or yeah. burn it or destroy or it. I or... like to think that they did burn it or destroy it, <laughs> and he just keeps coming back. I I like your I like Rachel's yeah thinking because that would just make it that much creepier, right? right? Throw it in the trash, and then you turn around and it's there by the door, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit! In the movie I 
am going to make about mm. this story. That's what's going to happen. Robert the doll, king yeah. of jump scares. Robert the doll. The new family heard giggling in the areas of the house that were empty at the time. Footsteps in the attic found random messes with no explanation, and the 10-year-old daughter said she would find Robert throughout the house and claimed that on one occasion the doll actually attacked her. Can you imagine? I do wonder if, since Robert was well-known at the time, if the family that bought this house... Oh, no, they said they just... Yeah, yeah, he wasn't well-known at that time. Not then. Yeah. Because this was later. Right. It was just some freaky-ass doll in a sailor suit. That they put in a box in the attic. Mm. And then he shows up in your room and tries to attack you. Can, let's take a minute and try to imagine what we would do if, a, like, you go into a room and there's a doll there and it suddenly started to move on its own. I mean, we've seen Toy Story. <laughs> but they at least had the respect to wait until the kid's out of the room, you know? The thing is, is when it comes to stuff like creepy dolls that come to life... I- you know, I'm not a strong person, but I feel like I could take that in a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not... It's hard to be scared of something that I feel like I could, I could just kind of, like... Like, you could squish off the head and You could punt done. it out yeah, the window. Yeah, yeah. You know I what I mean? don't know. Paranormal things... Well, see, that's the thing, is, like, you can, like, punt it out the window or whatever, and then you turn around and it's there. Right. Right? Right. Mm. But even, like, honestly, like, not even seeing it move, but just going into a room... And the doll being there, when you know that's not where you left it. Yeah. Like, that Like, alone. on your bed? Yes. You! <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Out the I'm almost done with this. Okay. Uh, this has been fun. <laughs> the last straw came when one night... Now, okay. So, I don't believe this story, but I'm going... Because, but, okay. One of my sources is Lore by Alan... Um, mm-hmm. Alan Mankey. Yeah, Alan Mankey. And if he says it, I'm going to repeat it, okay? So, (laughs) the last straw came when one night the new owners were woken in the middle of the night by laughter in their room. They could hear rustling noises, so they quickly turned on the lights to find Robert on the floor by the foot of their bed and a kitchen knife close by. What? That is ridiculous. I don't, I don't really believe that story. But here's just, one that I heard that I do believe. He's just like, I'm, I'm coming in to cuddle. That's all. I just, I just need a place to cuddle tonight. <laughs> this knife, it's not my knife. It's not my knife. Look, it's got, it's got it a, was finger, here. a print from a 17-year-old who was you know, never right. here. <laughs> it was here when I got here. All right, so this is an actual story. I don't remember where I heard this from because, again, over the years, because... I'm a weirdo and like to read about paranormal shit. I've read like every single thing written about this and stupid doll. And I mean doll. doubly because we live in Florida. Yes, so, right. Like... Stop giving away our secrets, Clint. <laughs> and um, so this is a story that I know I have read and I truly believe. The new family, they put the doll up in the attic and then they had to wire the house for cable because it didn't have anything. Because it was so old. So, of course, they call the cable guy and he goes up to the attic to start wiring it. But as he's working, he can hear movement behind him in the attic. And so he'll turn around and, of course, there's the doll, like, just chilling in the corner, right? And he's like, okay, whatever. Creepy-ass doll in the attic. I'm sure he's seen worse. And then he'll continue to work and he hears more movement. So he'll turn around in the doll fucking different place, right? Mm. Like, it's... Moved from one corner to the other. He apparently tried to brush it off. Maybe he was mistaken. Whatever. It happened like three times. And then he's like, fuck this and left. And Good. He, he Why? didn't finish. He didn't finish the work. He just left. Why do you believe the story? 
Because I want to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought the story was going to end with like little doll arms like coming around his neck or something like that. I mean, I don't know. That's just so crazy. But yes, I love that story. I think maybe because it has a workman there. Sure. I mean, you you should be able to look that up to see if he like did not finish the work. You know, that should be like. I also love it's the uh, unusual case of somebody noping the fuck out when they should. When they absolutely should. (laughs) Stop acting like all all horror flick blonde. Like really get out. Right. The doll was ultimately donated to the East Martello Museum. That's the museum that we didn't go to. In Key West. (laughs) He is still there and can be viewed in his glass case. However, even there, he seems to be able to terrorize people. There are many stories of workers of the museum hearing giggling seeing his face change expressions and actually seeing his little stuffed hands going down the glass <gasps> of the case. No. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> That's horrifying. Visitors to the museum report their cameras not working or their pictures not turning out when they're trying to take a picture without asking his permission first. So if you do have the occasion to go on vacation without me again and go see him, <laughs> Make sure you ask his permission to take a picture first. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't... He's going to put bunny ears behind you or something? No, the strangest <laughs> of all is that it seems that if a visitor disrespects Robert in any way, they seem to walk away from the museum with horrible luck. People and pets start to die. Oh my god. They lose their jobs, house fires, just all kinds of stuff happens to people. So the museum I has, just got a bad picture or something like that. No, the museum has letter letters upon letters written to Robert the doll from people apologizing for their disrespect because that apparently is the only way to make the luck stop, the bad luck stop. Holy shit. And it's because of all of this, all of these reasons, all of this history that Robert the doll is in fact the inspiration of Chucky the doll. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess you could say, like, in The Conjuring, Annabelle or whatever, that doll. No, no, no. There is an Annabelle doll. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's an actual Annabelle, Annabelle doll. Annabelle? Annabelle. <laughs> but Chucky. I disrespect you, Annabelle. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, no, no. Oh, no. A chandelier just fell on Joe's head. Um, <laughs> no, um, but no. Chucky is Robert. Yeah, Chucky is Robert. Annabelle is actually, like, a Raggedy Ann doll that's in a museum mm. that was created by... Um, those two people who exercise, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's their names? I don't remember. But they're, but they're the conjuring. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Okay, yeah, lock up the museum. You're locking up and turning off all the lights and stuff like that. And you hear, <laughs> with his little hands coming down, his little little stuffed hands. That's a He that's has a no opposable thumb, so it's kind of just like a little. Yikes. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I don't like any of this. It's amazing that Clinton. people go out of their way, specifically, like, write an apology letter to a doll because their their lives have turned to shit. Yeah. Well, I remember when we when we did go down there, we were going to see Robert the Doll because Clinton's husband is fascinated with that story. And he's not really, like, a paranormal type of guy, but he's very interested in that one. Yeah. And we've had, you know, weird incidences happen to us. So he's kind of... That's a, that's a story for another episode, I think. Definitely. It's not too much of a story, though. It's nothing like the human. No. Mm. I'm have but still equally creepy. Our old house was haunted, period. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, 
Do we have anything else to talk about? There's so much to talk about. <laughs> but who really wants to hear about that? Uh, I'd like to call out again that caramel apple is delicious. Delicious. And that red velvet cheesecake is amazing. Oh, do we have any um, sources to cite? Yes, I have sources to cite. Yes. For more information about Johnny Frank Garrett, I use Murderpedia, lawyersandlickers.com. And Unexplained, which is a podcast of unexplained material, is a really wonderful, I think it's a two-parter on, on Johnny's story. And it's, it's very good. It goes much more into detail. Oh, That's where I've heard it before. Yeah. Unexplained is amazing. And I didn't get a chance to watch it, but there is a movie about Johnny Frank Garrett. I think it's called The Last Word because it's about his curse. As well as sensationalizing that part of the whole story, they also are trying to make a point about people who are convicted wrongly. So it might be worth looking into. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. And my sources for Robert the Doll were, as I said previously, Lore by Alan Manking, and a website called Ghosts and Gravestones of Key West. Yeah. And Clinton, where did you get your material? Uh, From my family. Yikes. Which is the most terrifying of all, calling your family. Yes. All right. So those were our ghost stories for Halloween. Enjoy. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us on a variety of social platforms. Yes. This is our website, which, which is, is... You fill that in. Oh, murderbrunchpodcast.com. <laughs> Facebook. Murder Brunch Podcast. Twitter. At Murder Brunch. Instagram. Murder Brunch. And you can reach us by email at murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. Lovely. Well, we wish you all um, a wonderful Halloween, belated Halloween. And um, we'll see you again for more mayhem, more murder, and more <laughs> snacks. Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all doing it? Terrific. Boo.